the Loomis Cigar Cartel welcomes you to another episode of Beyond the Humidor. This is a cigar podcast for the rest of us. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm your host today, Louis Starr. I'm sitting here with my co-host, Greg Perry, and this is Beyond the Humidor. How you doing, Greg? I'm doing well. Thank you, Louis. Uh, appreciate you uh, setting up a little recording studio for us here. Nice little spot to smoke and talk. Yeah, we're actually outdoors today, folks, and enjoying this beautiful weather here in sunny Northern California. We're still just outside of Loomis in a little town named Penryn. Now, for many of you that don't know Penryn, and many of you may not, we're about an hour, 20 minutes drive from Reno. Reno is north of us, a nice little place, but so is Penryn, and so is Loomis, where our home tobacco shop is located in a beautiful little town, and we want to keep it that way in Loomis, California. Yeah, you know, they managed to kick Costco out. Uh, Yeah, that was something that there was a lot of... uh, Going back and forth on that one, where some of the residents were for it and some weren't, I believe those that were for it were looking at it from a revenue perspective, whereas others were looking at it from a congestion perspective. And so I believe the other side won. Absolutely. You know, because if you look at the town, um, if you're driving through Loomis and you blink or you sneeze while you're driving, guess what? You missed it. Oh, and- you can't add 5,000 cars a day to a town that small. It just doesn't work. No, absolutely not. You know, we have enough congestion now as it is with all the new businesses that have appeared over the past year. We have a huge Bass Pro Shop that opened up. We have a Cracker Barrel that's now getting ready to open. Oh, hooray. Oh, yeah. You know, and that whole area, which is on Sierra College, has become very much congested particularly throughout the entire day. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, when you and I were hanging out at, at Tobacco Republic on Friday, a what should be eight-mile drive for me, getting on at sunrise and driving up to, to Horseshoe Bar, took 45 minutes. Oh, my, that really, that's unreasonable. And you know what? We don't need any more traffic. We appreciate the revenue drive, but the traffic is bananas. And, um you know, it is what it is. This is this is California, and there's only so much we can do to mitigate some of that. But uh, as much as the voters in the town have a voice, we managed to uh, sidestep some of this extra congestion, right? Only because of this county. I mean, everywhere else, your vote doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, so, you know, you notice there's one of us missing. Mm. So... Uh, One of our cohorts, um, for those of you that are following us on Instagram and Facebook and our website, uh, Scott is actually out on a cruise right now. He's on vacation out to Bermuda, including his little friend Dorian, which is getting ready right now. I know it's lashed the Bahamas pretty bad, and it's heading toward the United States right now, so I hope everybody that's out there is safe. And uh, if you haven't evacuated, time to go. Oh, absolutely. Uh, The updates are... The damage that has been done to the Bahamas and the Abacos Islands, Um, Florida is getting braced for a a slight hit, but it's going up the coastline, headed up towards the Carolinas and as far as uh, New York. And uh, my prayers go out to anyone that's in harm's way and hope that all is well. And as with Scott out there in the open waters, I hope that he's uh, safe as well as his wife. They're both cruising together and Knowing Scott, he's probably got a couple of 
Caparena's in his hand, and he's just riding it out. <laughs> oh, yeah, a couple of them. Yes. Well, you know, if you guys caught our last podcast uh, from the other day, you know that the Caparena became a bone of contention when we were in Denver. But uh, fortunately, now he can have his fill because the bartenders on that cruise ship know how to make them. Yes, and having the right ingredients is important. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, so today we're going to keep it nice and short and sweet because we just want to make sure that we keep you guys in the loop of what's going on with us. So it's just Greg and myself today. Scott will be back on our next segment of Beyond the Humidor. Actually, but I think it's two segments, Luke, because we've got one for later this week, and then uh, he'll be back on episode number four. I stand corrected. Okay, that's good, good, good. I'd love to hear a lot, and I know he's got a lot to, to tell us about his venture, or his adventure, I should say, uh, being out there on this cruise and all the things that he's encountered while he's gone to Bermuda. And meanwhile... Um, we are both enjoying a nice cigar. Uh, actually, had this in my humidor for about a good year now. Oh, and it's a uh, Oliva Master Blend Three. And uh, Greg, what do you think about it? Since you've already cut and lit and now smoking this cigar. Well, you know, it's honestly my first time smoking them. I've looked at them, and I appreciate appreciate that you you dropped me one. So thank you. Um, I've been looking at these at, in Tobacco Republic for a while now, and never. It's one of the few within there that I can say I haven't smoked yet. It's very pleasant. It's uh, medium to full-bodied, um, great earthy undertones, really a good smoke so far. Mind you, I'm only a half inch in, so we'll see. Yeah, and there, there will be some complexity to this as you continue to smoke, as I found out in smoking a few of these. Uh, the flavor profile changes. It doesn't get extremely strong, and it does not weaken. It just adds a little bit more enhancement to your smoking pleasure. And it burns pretty well. I like the construction of this cigar, and it feels like a box press, but it's not quite that. Um, but it's a, about a six and a quarter in length, and it's a really good cigar. I'd say this is about a 48 in diameter. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you, about 48. And uh, nice oval construction, really smokes beautifully. Oh, great. Glad you're enjoying it, my friend. Thank and, you. And so... You know, a couple of things we want to talk about. We, we don't have a script of things that we want to talk about, but we've had a lot of conversation over the past 48 hours and having talked to some folks and realized we had some information we'd like to share with you guys that I think you can all um, relate to. And talking to a buddy of ours yesterday, you know, he just mentioned how his cigar experience has been for him throughout the course of about 10 years now. And... Uh, he used to go and just pick one cigar, and that was his go-to. That was in his wheelhouse, and he didn't venture into anything else. And um, one of the proprietors at Tobacco Republic gave him a Lancero. And now you've heard us talk about Lanceros before and how you need to switch up and just kind of change things up a little bit, add some new things to your wheelhouse. Well, he was quite surprised about that and he told us a whole lot about his enjoyment of that. And, you know, Greg, what, what did you take from that? Um, take, what was your takeaway from that discussion with our buddy yesterday? Well, you know, I think one of the things that I see um, and, and our friend did fall into that category is that you get into the same, I don't want to call it a rut, but that's really what it is. You find a cigar that you like. It pleases your palate. It satisfies your relaxation need. And then you get very comfortable with it and you stick with it, not realizing that there are, in Tobacco Republic's case, 
80 other lines to choose from. Absolutely. And then if you go out into the greater world, 7,000 different lines to choose from. So you, you, you get so focused in on one cigar, your palate loses its ability to taste other subtle flavors, and then um, you, you basically get stuck. So, you know, I think one of the things I took away from, from our conversation yesterday was that, that in just a subtle change, in this case a ring gauge, yes. um, it, it opened up his palate and expanded it because now he's buying three or four different Lanceros because I'll tell you, you know, Tobacco Republic is one of the few places that I have found that has over 25 different lines in the Lancero size because as we've said on earlier podcasts, it's not a popular size in the United States. Right. And, uh, you know, with that ability, that just that ring gauge change, now he's checking out all those different lines. He's found four or five different ones that he likes. Yeah, and we've actually increased his budget. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, and it's one of those things, too, that you know, I'd gotten away from it, you know, a couple of years. I hadn't smoked and didn't have many Lanceros in my humidor. But then um, yesterday I was sitting down smoking an Aladino, and in a Lancero, and oh man, what a wonderful smoke that was! I enjoyed it so much. I actually smoked that one to the nub. But then we followed it up later. Greg and I both followed that up later with a Balmoral, Connecticut. Oh man, oh, fantastic! The Balmoral line is quickly becoming one of my favorites. Yes, and you know, can't get enough of it. You know, we, we saw some of that out there in um, the Rocky Mountain Cigar Festival. And I'll tell you guys. If you're going to Rocky Mountain next year, you'll hear us talk about Balmoral probably quite a few, bit more. In fact, uh, Terry, I hope you're listening because uh, you promised me a Master Roller interview, and I'm going to hold you to that. Oh, yes, and Terry, we will send you reminders, trust me. Oh, yes. Your first one's already gone out. But, uh, you know, the Balmoral booth, I ended up hitting it closer to, you know what, we'd been at the event for probably two hours before I finally got around to the side where Balmoral was at, and this speaks to their popularity. They were out of a lot already. Well, it was a popular brand, and um, much to my surprise, they were out of it so so quickly, but then it is a popular brand, like I said. And well, so you know, Terry told me the first brand to go out, or the first line to go out was? What? The Balmoral Lancero. There you go. See, that's that's an, a testament to what we just said, folks. You know, the Lancero is, is getting more popularity right now, and people are realizing that you're getting a lot more uh, flavor from the Lancero than you would with some of the bigger ring gauges, which happens to contain a little bit more filler. Yeah, and, and the filler is not a bad thing. Don't, don't misunderstand what we're saying. Um, to get the larger ring gauges... They add Seiko and Velado into the cigar that are fairly neutral in flavor. So that's just what we're talking about when we say filler. It's just excess tobacco to increase the ring gauge. That's it. And, you know, as we continue in our journey with giving, bringing you more content with Beyond the Humidor, we're going to talk to you a lot more about some of the things you may not know, but a lot of what you already know, just to kind of give you affirmation about that so you can also speak to it intelligently and know that you were right on point when we start to talk about the different ring gauges, the different sizes, and how to cut, light, and smoke your cigar. Not that you can't find this information out there on your own, but just a quick listen to our podcast and you'll get some information that affirms that you really know what you're doing as we are continuing in our journey um, 
with the group, the core group of us in the Loomis Cigar Cartel, we now have realized that there's about 100 plus years of cigar smoking experience. Mm -hmm. I know I have about 41 now. I'm in for 10. Uh, Sarah's in 10. Scott and Larry are 20 plus. Bob, I don't even know how long Bob's got in that one. He's got about 10 to 15. And uh, as you know, our, our resident tobacconist, Craig, who's also my brother, he's in I think about eight years now. Yeah, so if you do the math, folks, you got about 100 years there of mm-hmm. cigar smoking experience. And guess what? And I can't say this enough because I don't want you people to find us as being brash or, or thinking that we're the subject matter experts in it all. 41 years, and I'm still learning stuff. Yeah, and though we sound like experts, I'll tell you the secret. We read before we broadcast. Absolutely. Research it. And something I got... Uh, as a takeaway from my wonderful wife, you have to inspect what you expect. And that means do the research so that you can articulate properly about what it is that you're doing. And this for us, and I can say this for the group, is a passion. Yeah, absolutely. It is. It is. And, you know, since we're on the subject of your wife, why don't you tell them uh, about your little cigar researcher you got going on there? Oh, this is research, folks, that money can't buy. Um for many of you that have a significant other in your life, um, my wife does not smoke cigars. And, and I preface that state, what I'm about to say with that statement, because when she's traveling and she's out on a journey, whether she's with me or she's by herself, she hunts down cigars for me. And oftentimes she has come back and made it Christmas in July. I get some wonderful packages from her. As a matter of fact, we had taken a trip to Pittsburgh uh, several months back, and we went to a wonderful cigar store, uh, actually it's a tobacconist, sorry, um, Bloom in Pittsburgh. And my wife is only five foot four. I'm six three. She caught everything below the knees that I wasn't looking at, and I was looking at everything from the third shelf up. And I tell you folks i'm glad she was with me i found some cigars that i had been looking for for a long time and she found a bargain on a box of opus Bapos. if you don't know about the opus x Bapos, uh you'll i'll tell you more in a later segment as i open the box up and explain to you what was contained in said box but she also caught you know found some other great finds for me but she's yeah, guys, I can't tell you enough how blessed I am to have a wife that supports this, uh, I don't want to say habit, it's just a pleasurable en- time of enjoyment for me that I have cigars, and it's not a deal breaker for her. She'll sit while I'm smoking, it doesn't bother her. She'll go out and on her own and look for things that she knows that I like and ask if I know anything about certain cigars. And I get some wonderful surprises from her going out on her excursion. So uh, she's very, very good with that. And I want to encourage some of you other women out there that may have men in your lives that smoke cigars. It's something that they're doing because they enjoy it. They get a lot of pleasure out of it. Yeah, try supporting them in that a little bit. And uh, you'll be surprised at how, what the investment in that will be for you. The return is great. Yeah, I think it is too. And then... Uh you know, it, it's worth mentioning, you know, when, when you guys are traveling back to Pittsburgh, that's her hometown. 
So it was like going home, considering now she lives out here in hell. Yeah. You know, she, she loves it. Tried to get me to move there with her. And I said, I know. Because the snow. <laughs> I mean, the fact that there's family out there is great. We can always go and visit. But the snow, the winters, is not something that I'm inclined to engage in anymore. We're both from the East Coast, and we left there for a reason, and that was because of the snow. The storms are horrific. I do not have a desire to be in the snow. Well, you know, I think it's funny, too. When I was out there last year uh, for a work thing, I was finding, now that we're playing meteorologist for a bit here, I was finding that uh, they were explaining to me that they are a long way from the Great Lakes, but they still get lake effect snow down there which could dump feet at a time. Oh, absolutely. And I can deal with the rain because they can get flooded down there very easily, which I found out several months ago. But uh, the snow, yeah, folks, it can immobilize the the city. You know what I think the best part about Pennsylvania is? What's that? Unlike California that is brown three-quarters of the year, Pennsylvania is green year-round. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I'd be remiss if I didn't point this one factor out, folks. And... If you're outside of California and you're not having to deal with California tobacco tax, Pittsburgh is a wonderful place to go and buy cigars. The prices are out of this world. And, hey, I learned a secret from you, too. There's a shop there in Pittsburgh that we all want to go and uh, take a sojourn out there, too. They ship out here. Absolutely. So I'll just go ahead and give them a little plug. Allegheny Smoke Works, folks. Look it up and look up Bloom. Uh, they will make arrangements to ship stuff to you. It's not like uh, buying stuff from some of the other online presence that that's out there. These are brick-and-mortar shops that will ship to you. Mm-hmm. And it's important to support your local brick-and-mortar because the Internet is trying to take over. Absolutely. And, you know, um, just yesterday, too, because, you know, we, weren't, we were featuring something so we can put it on our Cigar and Spirits page, and uh, we had some... Clyde Mays. Now, we weren't drinking because it was rather early in the day for us. and We don't day drink. We don't day drink. No, we don't do that, folks. But Clyde Mays has uh, three, well, actually four, but three bottles of Clyde Mays that I have uh, that are bourbon and whiskey and then two others that are just uh, Alabama-style whiskey. And they range in proof from 92 to 110 to 117. And if you do anything, try at least the 92, the bourbon whiskey. I turned a friend of mine on to that. He thanked me immensely. He said, actually, when he went and bought one, he drank that, went back, bought two more. That sounds like our buddy for you. Yeah. And He's I, got quite the bourbon collection going on. He's going to rival you before long. Yeah. Well, you know, I collect it more than I drink it. But, yeah, I, I think he probably will surpass me with his collection pretty soon if I keep turning him on and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and then we also, you know, we feature because, you know, my, my co-host uh, is, is not a big bourbon or whiskey or rye guy, but he does – uh, drink some very good wines when he's sitting down having some wine. And so we also f- will feature various wines, too, that you can enjoy as you're pairing it with a particular cigar. Yeah, I think that is a, it's an upcoming feature. We're just not sure when it's coming yet, but we want to do an entire episode just dedicated to pairings of cigars with various liquor, wine, food. You know, it, the the hard part is, too, you know, not only are we all passionate about cigars— 
we're also pretty damn good cooks, too. So when we all get in the kitchen together, it turns into Iron Chef America to see who can outcook the other. And uh, so we'll talk about some food, too. Yeah, you know, might want to put something out there eventually, too, on uh, just title it Men That Cook. You know, as you said, you know, we're a group of guys, group of friends that also know our way around the kitchen. And uh, in my household, I'm the cook. My wife cleans. Great combination. It works out well. She eats well. Blames me occasionally for a couple of pounds she put on. But you know what? I love feeding her. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you know, it's interesting because I've I've got a kitchen to die for at this point because while Scott's on vacation, I'm house-sitting his majesty, his dog. So uh, I've got a hell of a kitchen, but not much to cook in it. I'm going to have to work on that. There you go. Take advantage of that while you can. Um, He has an open concept kitchen and some beautiful appliances, and you can just go to town in there. Oh, the heck with the appliances. There's a Traeger in the backyard. Oh, yeah, there you go. And uh, it's a wonderful piece of equipment. I got one myself. My wife purchased one for me for Father's Day last year, and I don't use it enough, but guess what? It's about to cool down a little bit, and I'm about to heat it up with the smoker. Yep. Hey, you know, one thing that we were touching on yesterday, uh, it's a recording that you guys fortunately or unfortunately will not get to hear. Um, One of the things that we did while we were in Denver uh, was talk to a booth there, and there it's a group called the Cigar Rights of America. And as you've heard in a little bit ago, Lou is talking about the California tobacco tax. You know, this state is not very kind to smoking in general, um, and they seem to be going after cigar smokers in particular. Not only is that happening within this state, it's happening in the in the U.S. Uh, legislature right now, uh, and Senator Rubio is championing a bill um, to exempt premium cigars from the what's known as OTP, other tobacco products. Um, so if you guys get time... Check out Cigar Rights of America. Not only are Lewis and I and Scott members, the cartel itself uh, bought into a membership too to help support that fight. And, uh, you know, they're trying to eliminate smoking. They're associating premium cigars with cigarettes and vape and things like that. And it's just not the case that they're they're nowhere near close to the same product. So, you know, take a look at Cigar Rights of America. There's a link to their webpage on ours under the links section and uh, help them out in our cause. If you're a premium cigar smoker and you want to keep enjoying this product, we need your help in that fight. Yeah, and I can't echo that enough, folks. If you are a cigar smoker, whether you're a novice or you are well-experienced in this, you don't want that right taken away from you. We shouldn't have to have to go to a speakeasy, so to speak, to find a cigar and get it a bootleg stick to have a time to enjoy that. This is not the era of prohibition. We need to support this, uh, this movement and make sure that we keep premium cigars available for us so that we can continue to enjoy sitting down, having a relaxing cigar, and smoking, uh, whether it's with a beverage or with a group of friends or both. You know, and it's something I, I want to also uh, add to that, Greg, is that when we went out to Denver, just like when we went to the Big Smoke in, uh, last year, I realized that finding a group of guys to travel with is kind of hard. Uh, it's a challenge, right? But I found four, five guys, actually, that I don't mind traveling with. We're good friends. We travel well together. We get along. That's a beautiful thing, in my opinion, because 
traveling with a companion, you got to make sure you got the right companion. Well, I had five companions that we just had a wonderful time traveling together. Yeah, it was really a good time. The adventures, the food, the disasters. The laughter. Oh, the laughter, yes. <laughs> and the, and most of the laughter revolved around the disasters, not so much, you know, you didn't have very many problems, Lou, with, with the hotel, but we, Lewis and Scott and Larry and I stayed in the same hotel, but I know we touched on this in earlier podcasts, but try five or three big dudes, one six foot five, and the other two of us are six foot and round. And they wanted to give us a king suite for three people. <laughs> Not going to work. Okay. Yeah, we give the listeners a visual on that one. It's like, can you imagine that? And how would that work out? It won't. No. We all yeah. want our own bed. Thank you very much. Yeah, so their, their experience with the hotel was a lot different from mine. However, the experience we had outside of that was great. Yeah, it was a, a total blast. Yes, from getting to the event venue, speaking with all the, the various uh, vendors that were out there, walking through it was really not a lot of fuss or muss. We got all of our cigars up front, and everything else was what we wanted to purchase or what they decided at various booths to give you uh, just because you had a, a ticket or we showed up. But we spoke to everyone that was there and quoting one of our, our friends and uh, guest speakers, if we spoke to you, we're going to speak about you. And it should be noted it's going to take us a lot of shows to do that because there were 139 vendors there and we talked to all of them. So we got a lot more segments to do. Absolutely. And a lot more fun with you guys. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, go ahead, Greg. I'm sorry. I don't know. Should we wrap this up? We're going on a little bit along here. Well, we said it was short and sweet, so let's keep it that way so that our listeners will know that we stay true to our word. Um, there's a lot of different ways that you can reach out to us. I'll let my co-host tell you exactly what the... Uh, Contact information is, and we'd love to hear from you. We have some emails that we're going to respond to later, but um, I'm going to turn it over to Greg so he can close us out. Well, thank you, Lewis. You know, and uh, if you guys do want to get in touch with us, which we highly encourage you do, you can contact us through our Facebook page, Loomis Cigar Cartel. We have Twitter and Instagram. I don't know what the monikers are, but search us. You'll find us. Trust me. Um, we also have our website, LoomisCigarCartel.com, and our email, which is LoomisCigarCartel at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you guys, and we look forward to our next conversation with you guys, which will be recorded this week and posted up next week. So until then, from my co-host Lewis and myself, cut, light, and smoke your favorite cigar and just relax. Relax.